Well, man, it's great to have you guys here this morning, and uh, we are celebrating, we are worshiping our King here, and uh, that's what it's all about, amen? Man, it's easy to get caught up in the busyness of life. It's easy to be out there shoveling or snow throwing and then have your snow thrower stop. True story. That happened to me this past week. Thank the Lord we have a great uh, friend in the body here who happened to just stop by with one in the back of his truck and jumped out and finished off the job. But uh, man, it's easy for us to get caught up in the little things of life. And all of a sudden, uh, the big things of life are completely set aside. And we got to be careful of that, don't we? And as we look at Romans chapter 6 and 7, he's presenting to us this huge truth about the awesomeness of our God. And um, may we never set that aside and lose track. Gospel deep, his glory unleashed. That's what we're talking about. His glory unleashed on us. Romans chapters 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, we blew it. We trampled on his glory. And we made it all about us. Romans 4 and 5. But God's got a fix. And through Jesus Christ our Lord, we have hope. And uh, and then Romans 6 and 7. Not only does he just do some magic thing around us, but he actually pours his glory on us. His glory unleashed. That's what we were talking about. And Romans 6 says, we're dead to sin. Romans 7, we're dead to the law. And yet... In the midst of this hope, in the midst of this power unleashed on us, Paul gets very real in the middle of chapter 7. And he's like, but hear me. It's step by step. It's day by day as God transforms us one moment at a time. And why does God do that? I have no idea. Really, I wish I knew. I mean, from my perspective, I'm like, why wouldn't we just, like, you're saved, you're perfect. Isn't that easy to market? Like, why don't you be more like him? Perfect. I can't get there. Right. Go to Jesus tomorrow. You will be right. And Christ is like, no, I've got a bigger plan than that. And I'm working in you and through you. And this has more to do with your will and your desires. And you're going to learn to long along the way for me all the more. He makes it a process of life. May we never lose sight of that. This is a process and God is at work. And while we are dead to sin and we are dead to the law, there is a day by day. And uh, this means war. That's what it's all about. It means every day you and I realizing that there are things we need to be adjusting and things that need to be let go of. And, and God's fully aware of that and he's working with us. This means war. We're ready for the almighty king to have his way with us. That's what we're talking about. And Romans chapter 7 closes out. What should my focus be if I'm entering into this war? Like, how do I really go after this? That's what we're answering today. So turn with me, if you will, to Romans chapter 7, verse 21. Romans 7, verse 21. We got the ushers coming forward and uh, they got Bibles in their hands. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you. We're going to walk through the end of Romans 7 here. Just keep your hand raised. The ushers will get there. So how do I approach this thing called the war? How do I go after this day by day? And um, first step, delight in the law of God, not in the law of sin. Delight in the law of God, not in the law of sin. What in the world does that mean? 
We're going to get there in just a second, all right? Check what he says as we open up in verse 21. Uh, so I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive. His simple statement, for I find another law. He's like, I'm just telling you, it's become so doggone consistent that it's like it's a law. I'm just telling you my wrestling, my wanting to do good. And yet right next to me is the whisper to not. So consistent that it's law, right? And how often have we had that moment where whatever you're struggling with, that that sin you want to so set aside, you make a commitment at the beginning of the week, it's done, right? You make a commitment on December 31st, it's over. And, and, And then eight days in, you hit a hiccup and it comes back. And now the question well, did I do it wrong? And, and what's going on with it? And how come that just happened? And how do I get back in the saddle on this thing? And what should my perspective be? He says, so I find it to be law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. Now, we talked about this picture before, right? It's our mind sitting on top, making the decision. And then you've got the flesh speaking in and you've got your spirit speaking in with the Holy Spirit having taken up residence. And, and so the spirit and the flesh warring against each other, a Galatian statement, the spirit and the flesh having their speak. It's like every time I want to do good, spirit and mind, leaning towards God and having a bent him and hearing from him. Evil lies close at hand, the flesh. And they speaking in of, oh, that's going to feel so good though. And, and how dare they? And why not? And you should be able to. And all the little whispers of the flesh that convince us we should take a veering off. And while we want to do good, well, evil lies close at hand. And, uh, man, we need to be so careful with this. This is not a statement of hopelessness. Paul is going to crescendo up to a massive statement of hope. Okay? But we need to embrace what's true. Isn't it, isn't it fact that if we start going after something and we have the wrong perspective, that all of a sudden in the midst of the wrong perspective, we start creating our own hopelessness? You know what I mean? Like it should have happened this way. And God's like, no, that's not the way I was going with it. That's not even what my scripture tells you. And you're like, yeah, but it's what I wanted. And like, so that's what I'm counting on. And in the midst of our leaning and heading a direction God's not headed, we start creating our own hopelessness. Let's be careful. Let's understand what God's doing. Let's see the way he's working. Let's hear him explain how it's supposed to go down. And then let's go after him, his way with all we've got. All right. Setting down the hopelessness, picking up the hopefulness. God tells us, just so you know, every time you want to do good, evil will lie close at hand. Your flesh will be speaking in. That's not a sign of being broken. That this flesh is speaking. That's a sign of being human in a fallen world. Yes. But in this moment where the flesh is speaking, God's saying, get ready because I'm going to be strengthening you in a way you wouldn't believe. You're going to be able to ignore that scream over time. The flesh will always be screaming, but your mind being renewed. Trust me, you're going to be able to ignore that scream 
and head with me on an amazing journey. That's our goal, all right? He says, for I delight in the law of God. I delight in the law of God. And uh, I told you guys this before, but uh, we went to... Uh, we went to a Jewish service on a Friday night. It was part of one of the things in seminary. And, and as we sat in the service, which was very cool, by the way, as they're opening up the Torah and they're speaking in Hebrew and walking through the rituals and loved just seeing the culture expressed so sad that they were missing who the Messiah is in the midst of it. But man, did they get part of it, part of it. And afterwards, we were talking in the hallway with them, super friendly crew, and we're sitting and chatting with them. And uh, one of the kids we were talking to, 18 years old, was talking about how much he loves to read in the Old Testament. And I just said, so what do you read? And uh, Leviticus. He wasn't joking around. Leviticus. And I'm like, yeah. oh. <laughs> right? So I thought, well, maybe we'll just take a moment. I said, have you read Isaiah? Right? That's Old Testament. That's a prophet. He should at least be good there. And man, there's some stuff about God and, and awesome stories of and, and Isaiah 53 and the Messiah Savior, right? Have you read Isaiah? No, just Leviticus. I love the law. I said, really? Why do you love the law? I don't even remember his answer. I just remember it was lame. <laughs> Truthfully, it was not getting there. It wasn't understanding who God is and how much we come up short. He was seeing the law as his hope to earn good stead with God. He was missing it. He says, for I delight in the law of God. Is that what he's talking about? That I'm going to use the law. I'm going to finally measure up to God. It's good. And I'm just going to keep reading it over and over again. And someday I'm going to be good enough. And is that what he means? Everybody say, no, no that is not what he means. This is the apostle Paul. He did know the law and he also found it to come up just showing him sin and nothing more. Remember that discussion in Romans four and five. And so he's making it clear. I've got a passion for the law, but it's not like it used to be. It's different. And well, how do I delight in the law? And uh, hey, top three ways you can delight in the law. Number one, uh, respect it as from God. Respect it as coming from God himself. You are getting a written letter, some communication from him to you. At the least, let's take a position of respect going, wow, God, thanks for sharing with us and clearing things up in certain areas. What was he clearing up? Well, that's number two. Trust that it shows his character. Trust that the law shows his character. I'm telling you, when we read the law, when we grasp how he's calling us to treat others, to treat God himself, we're actually getting a really clear understanding of what it means to be God's character. The law helps reveal. Okay. And uh, so top three ways to delight in the law, respecting the laws from God, trusting it to show his character. And then number three. See it as fulfilled in Jesus Christ. See it as fulfilled in Jesus Christ. That is everything, man. When you look at the law, every little detail of it, every moment where you're like, oh man, this, that too, and that too, and that too. And trust me, there's a moment where you should feel the weight of the world upon you. Praise God. Jesus Christ has carried that weight. And as we read and understand the law, we grasp that he has lived perfectly. He has fulfilled magnificently Jesus Christ. Fulfilling the law. Yeah, the law, it's 
respected as from God. It's trusted to show his character and it's fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Delight in the law. It reveals to us our shortcomings and shows us the need for our savior. It is absolutely a convincer of God's character and his glory. Romans chapter three. And it clearly delineates that we're coming up short. The law. What an awesome description of where we need to be with our God and how much we can't get there. But Christ has, and we have hope in him. He says, for I delight in the law of God in my inner being. Like there's this, this thing that happens as the Holy Spirit takes up residence within you. He begins to speak to you and clarify to you through his word, through sermons you might hear, through a friend who might be challenging you with scripture, maybe just through hearing from the Holy Spirit. Be careful with that one. Okay. But through the word predominant, and as you move through, you hear in his inner, in your inner being, the law of God being communicated. As you're grasping more and more the character of your king. Wow. Look, saved doesn't mean God has done something that will someday in eternity do something to us. Saved means in the moment, right here and right now, God is working with us. Saved. It starts today, the moment I'm saved, and it moves for eternity forward, and we have hope in him. It says, but I see in my members uh, another law, waging war against the law of my mind, and well, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. There's two laws. There's the law of God, and then there's the, well, the law of sin. There's the the spirit so following after Christ and the Holy Spirit. And then there's this flesh that bangs on me and the two laws coming head to head. And in fact, he says, in fact, let me say there's a third law, the law that that's just always going to be that way, this side of heaven. It seems like as long as I want to do good, evil lies close at hand. And I praise God for heaven. That's a moment where as we're described in Revelation, all of a sudden everything is dropped of the sinfulness and for eternity there is no pain no sorrow no wrong wanting you will have you'll be stunned at what that means how often we want and we think we're pure in that want but in essence underneath it is all this me all wrapped up in it and when we get to heaven and it's all shocked we're gonna be like that's what it meant you've done this for me unbelievable god I'm so amazed with who you are. And uh, this side of heaven, man, the war is on. As the flesh is banging and our spirit is wanting and God is speaking and some transforming is taking place. And each moment that you experience that trip up is a moment where you get to say, okay, God, in that one too, I'm handing that over to you as well. That an amazing work can be done. I, uh, I thought, well, what's the best way to illustrate this? And so I went out and bought the biggest, baddest, heaviest chain I could find. It was hilarious, man. I got this over at Farm and Fleet. This thing is heavy. I think this is probably about 20 pounds right here. 30 pounds maybe. And uh, so I asked the guy to cut me 13 feet. Because that should be enough. Right? I, he broke the cutter. He really did. He was pushing on it, and all of a sudden he goes, bang! And he goes, that's not good. Do, uh, do you want 100 feet? Because then I don't have to cut it. No, no, just 13 will be good. 
And so what is this? I'm telling you, the moment we're born, we're shackled. We're shackled and we're walking this way. And it is sin having its way with us in every little moment. And here's the deal. When we trust Christ as Savior, when we ask for him to, as we confess our sin and say, Lord, please forgive me of that as we give it over to him. He undoes the lack. He opens it all up. Sin no longer has dominion over me. In fact, I can even let go of it. And I'm literally living without it having control of me. And then for some reason, because I'm such a genius, I'm like, I should pick that back up. I should hold it and carry it again. And there's no lock on it. There's no shackle to it. Sin has no dominion over you, man. You are free. And this thing can simply be set down. Done. Each and every moment that we live life, there is a war on. And that can be set down. If you've trusted Christ as Savior, if he is working in you, if he is transforming you one step at a time, I'm telling you this, you are dead to sin. And you can live free. Here's the thing. The flesh keeps banging and it's like, pick it up. Pick it up. And so we live a few days where we feel like we kind of got this thing under control. This one thing. We're totally missing all these other things in our life. But this one thing, by the way, your, your family isn't missing the other things. Just you are. You're like, I'm doing so great. And they're like, okay. Right? And, and, and then we're like, Oh, actually, I really love the feeling of this. And I'm just going to live with it for a little while. And I'll just kind of walk with this and hold on to it. And you wouldn't believe how many people you hurt when you're swinging this around. You know what I'm saying? And uh, the war is on. Listen to me. You're carrying something. And it's train wrecking you. And it's time to be done. It has no authority and no dominion and no power. And you can set it down. God is calling you to a life of freedom in him. And while this side of heaven, it means what's transformation look like? It looks kind of like this. One step at a time. One step at a time. One step at a time. And victory in that area. That's what it looks like. You and I, man, we're called to a war. God doesn't give us the immediate victory where he just takes it all away and he says, you're free. He says, I'm going to walk you through this. And I want you to battle with me. And I'm going to teach you things you would never have learned otherwise. I'm going to show you. I'm going to change you. I'm going to ask your will to engage with me. And simple question. So uh, what are you carrying that's so burdensome? What do you got that you need to be setting down? What's the law of sin that you're delighting in and making it much of you. It's time to be done with that. It's time to set it aside one step at a time, one link at a time, if you have to, setting it down that God 
might have his work in you. It's time for us to delight in the law of God. Lord, thank you that you reveal to us what's right and wrong. It's time for us to delight in the work of Christ. Lord, we're amazed with your cross. It's time for us to celebrate that we have hope in him. Praise be to God. One step at a time. It is a battle. The laws are waging against. And our king already has the war won. Amen. That's what it looks like. All right. First step, delight in the law of God, not in the law of sin. Second, see your utter hopelessness without Christ and thank your king for his awesome provision. See your utter hopelessness without Christ and thank your king for his awesome provision. Notice he starts out here. Oh, wretched man that I am. You know what happens when you're carrying these chains? You know what you start thinking of yourself when you're walking around with these and you know you shouldn't be? What am I thinking about? Why did I go that way? And oh, wretched man that I am. This is a burden to me. And, and it really is. Dude, you should try holding these. Oh, wretched man that I am. What does the word wretched mean? I just wrote this. Uh, pathetic. Broken. Sinful. Needy. That's wretched. It's uh, pathetic and broken. And sinful and in need. And our target... Well, our target is Jesus Christ, and we pretty much get that, man. We start getting all excited about him. We get in here. We get pumped up. We're going out. We're like, yeah, Jesus this week. I'm going to go after him. And and we think we really understand him. You know, we kind of think we got the goal. And isn't it amazing how often we really don't have the goal at all? Isn't it amazing? And uh, true story. Um, Charlie Chaplin. You know him? Famous guy who made some movies back back when. And he was going on a trip. He was in Monte Carlo. And he was walking down the street in Monte Carlo and it said, Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest. He's like, well, this will be hilarious. So he checks himself in. He goes for it. He took third. <laughs> Is that hilarious? They're like, I'm the expert on Charlie Chaplin and come, come in and we'll measure you. And, and they do a lookalike and they completely miss it. Yeah, that's close, but not really in the, no, dude, I am him, right? And how often we think we get God in his glory and his holiness and we're kind of a shade or two or ten off, right? And be careful. Our view towards God must be driven by the word. We have to get a clarity to him that is so his opinion, not ours, so that we don't get driven to despair as it's not going the way we thought it should go. Okay, Lord, I want you to clarify who you are to me. I'm listening and I'm hearing. Um, Do you properly grasp God's holiness? Maybe it's time to hear from him. Maybe for the first time where you're literally saying, okay, God, show me yourself. And uh, maybe it's not a wrong view of God. Maybe it's a wrong view of you. And uh, we have a little black dog now named Toby. He's up to six and a half pounds. And, uh, I'm telling you, when you come to the door, he will writhe and wriggle and his tongue will be going a million miles a minute and he is elated and happy to see. But this little dog is absolutely convinced that the world revolves around him. 
This little six, six pound dog comes running in. And when he wants what he wants, he, he barks. That was his gig. So he'd come in. He never really barks because somebody's walking by or anything like that. That's not his thing. He's not going to get all nervous about that. No, when he wants something, he's telling you. He walks to the door and he barks. Door. Now, please. The king has spoken. Right? Uh, seriously, one time he goes running past me. I'm in the bedroom. He runs past me and into the bathroom. And uh, and all of a sudden he barks once. And Jonna walks past me and goes into the bathroom. Do you remember this? And then walks back out. And I said, what are you doing? And she goes, he wanted to be in the shower. <laughs> That's a weird dog, dude. That's a weird dog. Not really a good view of himself, though. Kind of like... It's been hard training my people. (laughs) Takes a lot of work. You can only imagine what he's communicating to his other dog friends when he runs across them on the street. How many times do you have to bark to get them to do what you want? It's hard, man, right? Sometimes isn't that us with God? Where we're like, the world revolves here. I think I've made myself clear on what I want. Now move. And... How often we're creating for ourselves a grave problem because we aren't understanding who's really king. Let's be careful of our view of ourselves. Let's be careful of our view of God. He says, oh, wretched man that I am. I'm not even getting the picture, man. I'm missing it. What am I thinking about? Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? There's some poetry and some fact. This body of death, like this side of heaven, we are steeped in sin. We have flesh within us. We are headed for a physical death or rapture, whichever God brings first. But this physical world will be done. God is doing something amazing. And now let's look in gospel, not just within you and me, but gospel over all of eternity. And here's what he's doing. I have created... It has gone awry, but I will restore my glory over the top. I will be king over all. Do you see how important it is that we're following him? I will establish that I am over everything and that my hand of love and grace and mercy will pour out on you things you could never have had yourself. Watch me lavish on you. But making much of me, not much of you. And uh, the gospel message. Oh, wretched man that I am, how could I have made it about me? Lord, please forgive me. And uh, he says, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's the exclamation point. That's the solution. All of Romans chapter 7 is presenting a battle, but verse 25 closes it with a big, giant, bold-pointed exclamation, wham! Thanks be to God. How can I handle this? Oh, wretched me. I got the answer. Glorious Jesus Christ. Oh, glorious God, thanks be to you and the life you offer through your life here on earth, through the death on the cross, through your resurrection, through your lavishing upon what I never deserved. I am wretched and you are not. My hope is in my Savior, him and him alone. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
I just wrote this down. How do I embrace that thanks? Uh, first viewpoint. We've talked about this. This is the word justified, right? He has declared over me what he is now doing in me. Why is Paul able in the midst of his wretchedness to declare thanks? Why is it that in the midst of our sin, we think we can run to God and be in a good position because of this? He has come over you as you confess, as you ask for him to be your savior. And he has said, this one is now righteous. Watch me do that work. Watch me do that work. Watch them learn to love the righteousness and to love me. Watch me do this work. Your God has already declared of you what he's now doing in you. What a massive hope we have. And uh, let me just extend that second viewpoint thought here. You know, when we come to God with our sin and we found ourselves wretched and we're like, oh, Lord, what was I doing and how could I have and what about? And hear me on this. God is not sitting there going, I know, I had no idea you were going there. And how could you have? Isn't that often we get a feeling that that's where God's at, but that's not where he's at. He's like, I haven't even begun to do a transformation there. It's no surprise to me that that's still in you. I left it in you. Hang on. We're working this together. I'm working here. Come work with me and watch this unfold. Your God is not surprised that work needs to be done. He's so ready to pour on you and love in you and show his authority over. Let him do the work. Thanks be to God. That's my savior. And man, in the midst of sin, we rush to his feet and we drop on our knees. That's where we need to be. We talked about this a couple weeks back. The best indication that you grasp the gospel message is in the midst of your sin, you find yourself at the feet of your Savior, not running from him. And if you think it's all about clean you up, you've missed it. It's not. It is not all about clean you up. You can't get there. It's about putting yourself at his feet and then letting him clean you up. That's what it's all about. He says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And uh, I just wrote these down. What did Jesus do for us? He created perfection. We destroyed it. He conquered sin and death. He fulfilled the law. We ignored it. He gave us hope. He gave us insight. He gave us salvation. We have a chance on our knees to receive that alone. Are you ready for your king to be king indeed? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He says, let's just close this off. I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with the flesh, I serve the law of sin. Do you hear the schizophrenia? He's allowed himself to now say I is different than flesh, right? Before salvation, I and flesh all kind of the same. But now that I'm saved, I, as God works in my spirit and my mind, and then the flesh separate as God does his work in me, that flesh remaining and panging. I'm just learning to ignore all the more praise be to God. We have hope in Jesus Christ. We have power in Jesus Christ, man. This is no game. 
And it, we're walking through it. And I'm telling you, some of you sitting right here right now, you're like, heard it. Not sure I believe it. And it's time. It's time for us to set everything down and go, this game of cleaning myself up is not getting it done. It's not getting it done. I'm in need of a savior. I'm in need. I thought the best way to close a thanks be to God kind of statement. Let's just go back to Romans chapter three. Turn with me there just a couple pages back. Romans three. And let's just walk through a few truths here as we get our arms around how to be thankful to our God. All right. Verse 20. Starting in verse 20. He says, for by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. Are you hearing it? For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. Uh, How many human beings will be justified? None, man. We don't get it done. We don't clean ourselves up. We hand it over to him. None justified by the works of the law. Since through the law comes simply the knowledge of sin. As God makes clear to us where we're wrong, the goal is not go clean that up on your own. The goal is come to him. He's done the work. Christ on the cross. Are you hearing that? He's done the work. Verses 21 and 22. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law through the law and the prophets, uh, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. And that's where it's at. Gospel deep. It ain't about you earning it. Gospel deep. It's not about you muscling it over and over and over again. Gospel deep. Jesus Christ has done the work for you. His statement is, I love you and I'm ready to declare over you. Have you received that? Have you received that? He goes on and he says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's where we stand, short of the glory of God. We don't measure up. We're in need of a savior. And we're justified by the grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation. That means replacement payment by his blood. By his blood, you are healed. By his wounds, you are healed. Hope through Jesus Christ. And that's all we've got. It is nothing without Christ. It is everything with Christ. Come to your Savior. And I'm just telling you right now, some of you are in this room. And you're like, I don't even know what that means. Let me just say it this way. It's not easy. But it's as simple as A, B, C. A, admit. All right, Lord, I've come up short. I'm wrestling with sin and it ain't getting done and I've got to stop it now. Please forgive me. Admit, you're in need of a savior. Sin's got you. You've come up short of God's glory. That's perfection. That's A. B, believe. Believe that he died on the cross for your sins. Believe that he has risen from the dead. Believe that he has authority and power, Jesus Christ. 
believe there is hope in his name none other there is hope in him and what he's doing no other do you trust him do you believe him and uh, a and b let me just tell you a lot of people they're like got that and uh, but the problem is c is required as well and confess him as your lord Put him in charge in your life. Listen, we can walk around and we can be like, I admit I'm a sinner, all right? And fine, you did that cross thing. But no one will be in charge of my life except me. I will say the way I go. That's the way it's going to go down. Hear me. That's not saved. That's not Jesus Christ as Lord. That's not the position you want to be in. I am telling you with all I've got. I am pleading with you with all I have. Get off the fence and make him your king. Admit, believe, confess Jesus Christ as a Lord in your life. And maybe you're like, I've, I've done this. I am there. I'm trying to follow him. I'm just frustrated that I keep falling in, oh, wretched man that I am. And, uh, well, then today and these last couple of weeks is simply this. It's a battle cry to learn to put down the chains, man. They're not linked and tied. There's no lock. Sin has no dominion. You can have a choice one step at a time working with your God. Let him pour over you. Learn more of him. Hand it over and watch chain link by chain link, group by group, freedom come. Worship your king and let him be master in your life. And, uh, and if you've trusted Christ as your savior, awesome. If you haven't, you're here today and you're like, I don't even know if I know what that means. I hear the ABC thing. Man, let's just take some time right now. It's time to put a stake in the ground. It's time to make it done with your God. And let's just do that together, okay? So here's what I'm asking. Let's just all bow our heads. Close our eyes. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on back up. And let's just spend a little time before our God in prayer. All right? Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you. Humbled. Your word is so clear and so potent that we're in need of a savior. Oh, Father, I pray for so many of us in this room who are struggling with a sin that we can't seem to set down. Lord, give us the wisdom on how to take those steps with you. May your glory pour over us. We long for you, our Lord and savior. We long for you to be in charge. Just take a moment right where you are and worship him. Thank him for being your God for offering what he's offered. If you've trusted Christ as your savior, hear me on this now. There are people in this room who have not. Do me a favor and storm the throne of grace right now that God might speak. And man, 
If you have not trusted Christ, if you are wrestling with what this means, if you're like, I don't get what it means and I'm separated from him, I'm sure of that. I need to restore that relationship. I need for him to be in charge. He's not my God. Not right now. Then today's your day to put a stake in the ground right here and right now. Lock it down with your king. Make that commitment to admit that you've sinned. You come up short. Believe that Jesus Christ has died on the cross and risen again. Believe it. And confess him now as your king. You're in charge, God. Best way to put that stake in the ground is uh, why not tell him? There's no magic behind a prayer, but why not tell him? Through a prayer and this commitment, here's my request. Just repeat after me right where you are. If you are trusting Christ as your Savior today for the first time, just repeat after me quietly where you are. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm in need. I admit that I've got a lot of broken stuff in me, a lot of sin. I admit that. I believe. I believe that you died on the cross for those sins. I believe that you rose again. I believe. And now I'm taking a huge step. I confess you are my God. You're my Lord. And now you're in charge. Please forgive me of my sin. Please use your shed blood on the cross. And please begin to do a mighty work in me. I am done with sin. You're my God. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Do me a favor, just keep your heads bowed. may need to be committing to him today like lord i have followed you but it's time for this to be done the sin that's ravaged me is over i've got to start putting the links down lord i'm handing you the sin now just let him know your heads bowed and your eyes closed and if you trusted Christ as your savior today if you prayed that prayer to let him know we just raise your hand and let me know so I can be praying for you just raise your hand and let me know so that we can be praying with you and for you that moment where you're like, God, I'm wrestling and I need to hand it over. Man, don't let this moment pass. Don't let this time go by. It's time for him to be your king. If you prayed that prayer, if you want to trust in him as your savior, just let me know. Raise your hand so I can pray for you. This is a 
time so solemn for us to grasp with our God. As we have people committing to Christ, as we have people committing to clean things up, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. My request to you now is make a commitment right here and right now that this week will be a week where the war is on all because of Christ. Where he will get everything, all the glory and all the praise. And each moment you struggle is a moment you're handing it back to him and saying, please forgive me. I'm done with that now, Lord. May you be in charge again. This means war. Because every moment we mean to do good, evil is right beside us. God knows it and he's transforming you through it. Lean on him and let him have his way. So we just close in prayer here quietly where you just let God know where you're at committing to that. Father God, Lord, we come to you now and we're in awe because we should be known by one word, wretched. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Praise be to God. It's Jesus Christ, my King and my Lord, my hope, my Savior. Lord, we are lost, but you have given us the way. We had no hope, but we have everything in you. Lord, we now long for you to be in charge and we hand it over. Praise be to God. And it's in your mighty name we pray and all God's people said.